This week is going to be super boring. We're just going to be talking about thinking. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast podcast YouTube channel where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. Hey guys. Um, so I previously a week or two ago put out a video um, called lies about ROI and um, got a lot of great comments. And in the video, I described how an example given in a book was erroneous and I showed how to actually go about doing the calculation, but I didn't name the book. And so in the comments under that video, I got all kinds of great comments. I got different people who shared their thoughts and ideas. Some people um, disagreed with me. They, they had other ideas about how the calculation be, should be done. It's all great. But many people you know, basically said, David, if you're going to take something out of a book and demonstrate it as an example, you need to name the book. You know, and, and that's what I want to talk about today because uh, I, I didn't name the book. Other people have put some guesses as to what they think the book was. But the reason why I made the video instead of just saying, giving a, a negative review of a book, for example, um, the reason I made the video was because I wanted to show you the thought processes that went into doing the analysis. So I want to, I want to ask you a question. If I said to you, here's an opportunity that will give you a rate of return of 229%, <clears throat> what does that mean? It means that if you put $1,000 into it, that you're going to get $2,290 back every year. And, and then at the end, still get your 1000 bucks back. Okay. So, I mean... Does that sound like it makes sense? Does it sound like it makes sense? Right? In this day and age, um, you know, there's been a lot said about the democratizing effects of the internet. You know, if I wanted to have a program like this back in 1975, I would have had to get on the air. Like I would have had to impress someone enough at a major television network to let them give me a time slot. And there would be a huge cost involved in that. And they would want to know that there would be enough people that wanted to see it in order to sell the ad space and all that kind of stuff. And there wouldn't be, right? But in today's day and age, I can just buy a, you know, a camera and a microphone and put myself on YouTube. And even though there are too few people in my audience to make a television show work, it works great as a YouTube channel, right? And so everyone now, has access to what only a very few people had access to before. And so the other thing that would have happened back in 1975 is that the TV channel wouldn't have let me go on the air without, you know, having a pretty good idea that I knew what I was talking about, right? We call that gatekeeping. And so all kinds of different media industries had gatekeepers at one time. So, you know, in that video, I gave the example of a book. Well, back in 1980, you know, or any date you want to pick before the internet, before Amazon, um, 
if you were going to have a book published about a topic like buying a business, um, you would have to go to a publishing company and they would have to decide that what your book contained was good enough information that they would run the risk of investing money in a print run of those books to have an inventory. And then they would, you know, push that book through to bookstores, et cetera, and hope that enough books could be sold that they could cover all of those costs. So do you think they're going to publish a book with an error? Of course not, right? And so the content of the book would be examined. And if there was ever any problem, um, it would be questioned before it got into print. Today, you know, anyone can put together a document and upload it into Amazon's print-on-demand service. And now they're an author, just like that, right? And, you know, ask me, I've done it seven times, right? Yeah, I, I create the document. Does it get checked by Amazon? Yeah, but, you know, they're they're looking for things like, you know, rude comments or different kind of, uh, you know, derogatory statements towards groups or some, something of that nature, right? They're not looking to make sure that there's a technical terminology error in a book. And so today, anyone who wants to can publish a book. And so the problem that I found in that example is not isolated to that one particular book. This is actually the second book that I've read from someone who has a background in M&A that's made the same error. I've also seen the same mistake over and over again in, in packages put together by business brokers. And so the question is, does it make sense that there's an investment out there where you can put $1,000 in and get $2,290 back every year, year after year? Does that make sense to you? Or does it seem like there's something wrong with that statement? You know, when I was growing up, uh, people used to say to me, don't believe everything you read or uh, something that sounds too good to be true probably is, right? And so what I want to get across in today's video is simply that as you're out there tromping through the jungle of the internet, um, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that you come across that isn't necessarily going to be correct. And you need to have a certain level of pragmatic skepticism about you, um, especially if you are looking for something like an investment, I had Andrew Stotts come on uh, my a live stream here a couple months ago, this past spring winter, and he gave us some rules about dangers. I think it was guaranteed ways to lose your money. And one of the things he warned everyone about was he warned about people that contact you or promote to you some kind of investment, right? If somebody's trying to sell you something so that you can get ahead, you have to stop and examine the motivations. Why would somebody want to publish a book? Let's let's get back to that. I can tell you why I wanted to publish books. The very first book that I published, Invest Local, I wanted to publish it because I had spent years looking for that book and I knew that other people could benefit from that. And I thought maybe if I have a YouTube channel where I'm talking about business and finance stuff, I should have a way to earn money from it. So I thought publishing the book was going to be a way for me to earn money from having this YouTube channel, right? So monetization, making money. So uh, Rowling's, the lady who wrote the Harry Potter books, she is using a book publishing for monetization. She's become wealthy through publishing those books. But I can tell you as an author who has seven books, I'm not going to be rich from publishing books. 
in most months, the combination of my print, Kindle, and audiobooks royalties from Amazon is anywhere between two and three hundred dollars a month, right? So clearly, that's not going to cut it. So you can tell from my later books, like Twenty One Stupid Things People Do When Trying to Buy a Business, or Twelve Things to Do Before You Consider Selling Your Business, they're full of good information. But the you know when you read those books. I'm going to tell you a secret. The main gist is to get you to join this audience here on YouTube so that you can learn more, learn about me, see what I'm about, and then maybe hire me. So the books that I've published, especially the later ones, are part of a marketing funnel that are intended to give me credibility as a guy who knows stuff and has written books so that people will see me as an expert in these areas. And I hope that you know, through all the stuff that I've created on this YouTube channel that you guys see that I know what I'm talking about, okay? And so the books add to the credibility, but the books themselves are part of an overall strategy, a marketing funnel, if you want to use the modern terminology. Um, I call it customer journey. So somebody has ideas or thoughts or curiosity about something, they go looking for information about that. Maybe they go onto Amazon looking for a book. They buy my book learn about me, join my audience, learn even more. And when the time comes to get some help on a deal, then they reach out to me. And that's when I actually monetize that entire relationship where somebody hires me and I charge them for, for the work that I'm doing, right? So other authors, you know, why are they putting out a book? Is the book part of an overall program to sell you something else, something with a much higher price? Um, if you go looking online, you will find experts out there that help you build your authority. And one of the big tools that a lot of these people will promote is that if you want to build authority, you should be a, an author. And so you, people write books, not necessarily because they have some specific bit of knowledge they want to share, but because it will position them as more of an authority on the topic in order for them to then get speaking gigs, consulting contracts, sell you a program or a course of some kind, okay? So let me get back to the original question. Does it feel right that there is an investment opportunity out there where you could put in a thousand bucks and earn 2290 every year and then get your thousand bucks back? Or is there something that seems fishy about that? Especially the fact that if somebody had a secret to know how to do this, why on earth would they share it with you, right? I think that if you came across a video online of somebody saying that they had a foolproof way to help you make money in the stock market, I think that a lot of people would look at that kind of skeptically, right? Or a foolproof way to guarantee that you can place a winning bet on next weekend's football game. You would probably think, yeah, sure you do, buddy, right? And so when we look at something like the world of small business, you know, if somebody actually had a method to deliver that kind of rate of return, why would they share it? I can tell you that I know people that are in the investing world and some of them have worked really hard to create some sort of system that they use to try to make money in trading stocks, publicly traded stocks. They're not about to share it with anyone because they feel, if they feel that that system gives them any kind of edge, they're gonna fully exploit that IP, intellectual property that they've developed to take full advantage of that edge. 
and they're going to exploit it to the greatest degree possible until they can't anymore, right? They're not going to sell it to you. And so if somebody's going out of their way, like paying for Instagram ads or paying for you know, YouTube ads or Facebook ads or any of that kind of stuff to show you a way that you can make an incredibly profitable investment. Do what Andrew Stotts recommends. Ask yourself, what is it that they are trying to do? What are they trying to get me to feel? How are they trying to make me think? Because this critical thinking uh, and, you know, I don't think people do enough thinking anymore. I feel really fortunate, actually, to be a Gen Xer, that I grew up in a time before the Internet where if I wanted to watch a TV show, I had to show up at the time on the right day to watch the TV show. And I couldn't binge it. I had to wait a full week for the next episode. And if I wanted to explore new ideas, I had to go get a book and read the book and think about what was in there. Today, I just think that people are reacting, you know. And so... When you guys ask me, you know, what is the book? What is the book? What is the book? It doesn't matter because it's not just this book. It's not just this example. It's not just this specific instance of somebody trying to represent a return on equity as a return on investment. It's everything. It's everything that you consume when you're using something like the internet is you have to be really considering who it is that you're dealing with. So, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to be on a really big podcast, okay? There's a media tab over on my blog site at davidcbarnett.com where you can see all the podcasts I've been in, most of them, some of the smaller ones we've removed. But I was on a really big show that gets like a million downloads a month, huge, right? And I felt very fortunate because I had access to a big audience. And so I talked with the host about buying businesses and why someone would do it, etc. And then a little while later, a few months later, somebody else appeared on the show and talked about how he was going to buy 100 businesses in the next three years using none of his own money. And it's one of these zero down gurus that you've heard me talk about before. And I thought, you know, that was the first time I'd really heard one of these pitches directly from one of these guys. And I was sitting at my campfire in the backyard and I listened to the show and I was like, oh my God, you know, how is he going to do that? How does he solve the problem of the debt to equity you know, ratio on the opening balance sheet? How does he get the bank to agree, you know, to go against their own rules and all this kind of stuff? And my head was spinning for days. And I even reached out to the guy through LinkedIn and, and connected with him. And um, it never occurred to me that it was all just bull. It was just not true. It didn't occur to me. And it took me a few weeks. What ended up happening was I started having a discourse with the guy. And then I was like, well, what do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? And then he ghosted me. And he wouldn't reply to my, to my messages anymore. And that's when it suddenly occurred to me that it just wasn't real, right? And then I thought about the host. I was like, wait a second. This guy's got a huge platform where he's got all of these people that are listening and they have a relationship with this host. They tune into him every week and he really is just letting anyone on the show. He doesn't do any kind of background check, any kind of investigation to make sure 
that he's not inviting a shyster. It would be like if I had you know, a flock of sheep and I was the shepherd and I kept inviting people in and not checking to make sure that they were a wolf in disguise or not, right? And so this host was inviting these people in. And when I made the realization, I was like, I'm never going to let that happen to me. So I get, listen, I get solicitations all the time from people that want to come on and do live streams and be on my program on my YouTube channel. And Yat Long and I now have quite an exhaustive protocol that we go through where we start to examine, you know, who is this person? What is their background? I personally listen to another podcast that they've been on because I want to be listening very carefully to what they say and how they answer questions and see if it meshes with my own experience in the real world of business, right? We had uh, someone sent in a submission here recently, um, a person who had 10,500 Instagram followers, but had only made 37 posts in the entire history of the account. How does somebody make 37 posts on a social media account end up with over 10,000 followers? Well, that's the question we asked him. We said, hey, we're trying to grow our Instagram account. We have hundreds of posts. We only have 200 followers. How do you get 10,500 followers with only a handful of posts? They didn't answer, right? But what did it reveal? It revealed that I don't want that guy on my show. Anyway, that's it for today. I just, I wanted to take some time just to, to vent a little bit and to encourage everyone to just slow down and think about what messages you're receiving, you know, what frequencies you're tuned into, what the motives are of the people you're talking to. I think I've been pretty transparent again about my motives. This channel is a promotional vehicle for me and my consulting and my courses and everything, right? Um, and and the way that I attract people and and the way that I serve people is by giving people you know, useful information. And that may not always be the case with everyone that you run across. Anyway, good luck. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me, learn how I work with my clients. You can learn about my books, courses that I prepared for you. You can also find out all about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest.